0: What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back for another episode of Everybody's Got a Pod. And of course, you guys know this man—that is the Million Dollar Man, the Hall of Famer, the Legend, Ted DiBiase. Ted, what's going on?
1: Uh, I'm gonna let you introduce me all the time.
0: I <laughs> feel <laughs> like your personal MC. <laughs>
1: uh, no, I'm doing great, Marcus. How are you? Actually, you know, it's uh, it's raining today in Mississippi, so. Uh, and I, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's moving your way or no, no, you're not. I keep I keep thinking Atlanta. You're not in Atlanta. Oh, you're okay. in Pittsburgh. That's right. So I, I think, it's got to gotta be my... pretty cold up there right now,
0: <laughs> dude. It's the past few days. I think I've shoveled my driveway in in four <laughs> days. I've shoveled it like ten times. Oh my god, nightmare! It was a nightmare. Today's a little bit warm. It's a it's a balmy thirty
1: degrees around here. Uh, uh, you know you you know. You know, I used to shrivel a lot of snow in, in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. A lot of snow. They have this new invention, Marcus. It, it's called a snowblower. <laughs> and you just crank it up and it does the work. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you got to get one.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I'm so stubborn. My neighbors see me outside. I've got a pretty big yard. My neighbors see me outside with like my push mower and they're like, why don't you get a riding mower? And I'm like, I have to pay for that. And I'm like, I have this thing. It's fine. As I get older, Ted, I'm starting to realize the value in stuff like snowblowers and riding mower. Hey, hey.
1: Gosh, you know, 70 years old. I keep going, I can't be 70. (laughs) (laughs) You know
0: what? Maybe I need a a snowblower or riding mower because you look great. I don't want to be looking worn down when I'm 70. So I better start saving myself now. Well, you know, and I
1: I think a lot of that. Some of that is genetic. Uh, I, I know. I went to a, a, a like a heart doctor, and uh, this is back when COVID was going on, and, and I got you know I, I had COVID and was home for almost, gosh almost three months, and uh, anyway, but he told me he says Teddy he says he says, uh, buddy, I don't know what you what you'll die of, but he says I doubt seriously you'll ever die of a heart attack. And I said, why? He says, you have the arteries of a much younger man. And I went, wow. You know, that's got to be uh, good genetics or something.
0: Were you like uh, a red meat eater as a young guy? Or were you eating a lot of chicken
1: in the for the gym? Or what was your well, diet like? Well, you know, it's like, yeah, I've always been a meat eater. Okay. So, uh, I mean, but, you know, you grew up in a, in, a, in my family. Um, again, Italian, you know, uh, uh I don't know. We didn't, I didn't eat a lot of steak or anything, but like, yeah, yeah. And meatballs have bread in it, breadcrumbs. Yeah, you better know how you make them. Um, I don't know. I, I know with my grandmother, you know, uh, you know, like a lot of ribs and, and, and stuff like that, short ribs. And, uh, you know, the the base of my mother's spaghetti sauce was a pork roast. You know and i, I remember it's like five five cans of tomatoes five cans of tomato paste that and all the all the stuff and then it, you cook it all day so it's all in the sauce buddy
0: it's certainly as, a, as an italian myself i can attest to that but yeah it's i don't know man it sounds like uh that that doesn't necessarily sound like heart healthy food all the time but you're as you said just blessed with good genetics yeah. And you know, this week it's it's our ninth edition of Ask Ted Anything, and we've got a bunch of fan questions. But this will this will be my question for you for the week, Ted. Okay. When when you were in the business as an active wrestler, were you? What was your diet like while you're on the road? Because we hear all the time that it's really difficult to find food that's healthy uh, if you want to maintain a good body, right? Yeah, I, I
1: mean, and a lot of my like eating, it's like I couldn't eat anything after like you know, like three o'clock in the afternoon, because if I did, you know, I was, I'd, you know, I'd be, I'd be thrown up in a ring, mm. um, you know, so a, a lot of times uh, I didn't eat, you know, like I, I you know, I would like, uh, okay. what do you we know? Um, quick stop food, peanuts, uh, beef jerky, whatever. Uh, but I drank a lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, beer. I mean, when I traveled with Dick Murdoch, oh my gosh. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, well, I mean, he was such a great wrestler too, but you know, he could drink that beer, man. And you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, it was kind of like that was the thing. It's like, especially again, t- territorial days, you know, uh, depending on the trip you're going to make. You know, we get to the town and everybody's got a cooler in their car, you know, uh, stop at the Seven Eleven or wherever you can get a case of beer, put it on ice and it'll be ready for the trip home and, or the trip to the next town, you know, so, you know, there was a lot of, uh, on the road, you know, drinking, you know, not necessarily for the driver, but everybody else in the car, um, and, and that was
0: like your meal whenever you'd leave.
1: It's like yeah, drink a couple beers. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I never, you know, like, uh, one of my favorite meals, even to this day is, is breakfast. You know, I, you know, like I, I, I love like, uh, you know, uh, uh, three eggs over easy, and the hash browns and, uh, a double, a double order of sausage or bacon or whatever. And, and, and toast. I love breakfast. Um, OK, something else or something like easy, like hamburger steak, you know, but, you know, again, at night after a wrestling show, you're talking about you're getting out at 1030, 11 o'clock. You know unless you stop like at a truck stop and go in and sit down and eat. And none of us ever did that. You know, you you know, you would either eat when you got home or wait till the next day
0: um all right we uh we can start getting into these listener questions i mentioned it's our ninth edition and they brought it brother hundreds and hundreds of questions came in we will do as many as we can. Please keep them coming on Ted's social media, the show's social media, or you can send them to me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter, and we'll continue to build these questions up and roll over the ones we miss episode to episode. Uh, before we do jump in, you guys know my shtick. I've got to remind you to get over to YouTube at youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod and get subscribed. We've got a ton of great clips, full episodes, and now we even have two Hall of Famers sharing the page. That's right. Jim Duggan is part of the team and we do a bi-monthly podcast exclusively on our YouTube channel called The Hacks Hour. Also, Jim provides videos of his day-to-day life, and so far we have a video with a tour of his house, and we also recently posted a video of Jim's personal wrestling collection. So support our show and enjoy some great content today at youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod. All right, uh, let's get into these questions, uh, Ted. Uh, The first one is from Giggity Griggle, I guess is how you say it one of your initial episodes you talked about how vince initially told you he wanted you to be present in the gym because of his focus on physique yours was more athletic slash endurance based do you remember what your general fitness and nutrition regimen was during your uh best years
1: oh yeah well you know uh, when i went obviously after i signed with vince you know i went to i started going to the gym on a On a regular basis, but it was, you know, it wasn't like a, uh, you know, I didn't go with a trainer. I didn't have somebody, you know, like, uh, edging me on. I mean, I had, you know, I, I'd been enough of an athlete. I mean, I played high school and college football, so I was not unfamiliar with the gym. Uh, but when I started wrestling and that's the thing is like, you know, back in the, back in those days, you know, you, you had some wrestlers that were, you know, pretty, you know, muscled up. But by and large, you know, it wasn't like a necessity. And I would, well, well, take, for example, the Funk brothers. Dory Funk Jr. was a National Wrestling Alliance world champion, you know, and, 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 you know, he had a decent physique, but he didn't look like he was in the gym every day. And Terry, you know, Terry, Terry a little bit more, you know, uh, but not, you know, not muscle bound, you know, and, and, uh, and so there it was just a lot of wrestlers that didn't, didn't, you know, it's kind of like, uh, okay, you know, I've got, to, I've got to drive where today and how many hours is going to take to get there? and And then I got to go from there to where? And, uh, it, you know, in, in, all of this, you want me to get in the gym too, <laughs> uh, Dick Murdoch, Dick, Mur- Dick Murdoch, Dick uh, you know, was a great wrestler and, you know, he was famous for a big pot belly, a beer, a beer belly, you know, um, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I started working out, you know, and 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 again, you know, I, I, I've always told people, I said, uh, I was one of those guys who just, I never had, the, uh, you know, at one time I had, I had, I had pretty good traps and, and, and a good chest and, you know, but I, I've never had, never had huge arms. Uh, you know, I had, I had big legs because I played, you know, high school and college football. Uh, but none of that was like, you know, I I didn't ever have the sculptured look and I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to, Mm. that wasn't that to me, that wasn't a big deal. I mean, I need, but I wanted to obviously look like an athlete and, uh, and, uh, you know, to appease Vince, you know, I got in the gym. So the rest is history.
0: And how many of our favorites over the years are not like huge body guys? You, Jake, even modern day wrestling, you know, like a guy like CM Punk. He's not like a body guy. He doesn't have this great, super impressive yeah. body, but he's captivating in the ring. And yeah. you know, it's, it's probably the most important trait there is. That's it. That's it. Now, uh I know the food was catch-as-catch-can out there on the road, but, like, when you would eat, are you watching? Are you being careful as you're eating? Because, you know, you don't want to overload on carbs or anything like that. <laughs> how does that go? <laughs> not so much. I, you
1: know, I, I didn't even know what uh, carbs and protein were then <laughs> <laughs> when I started. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um Yeah, I not know. I mean, I mean <laughs> what was my diet? Oh, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of truck stop food, you know, <laughs> a lot of cheeseburgers and, uh, uh, you know, and of course I love Tex-Mex, man. I, I you know, I, I could eat, I could eat Mexican food every day. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I love it. You know, like, uh, again, I grew up in the South and in Arizona and, and, uh, was exposed to a lot of that. So I'm a, I'm a big, uh, uh, chicken and uh beef enchilada a lot of guy you know but that was just I mean the nature of the beast back then it's kind of like number one most guys you know you, you you can't you can't really eat after maybe two, two or two th- or three o'clock at the lace because you know in, you're gonna be in the ring in, in like within four to five hours and you don't want to have a, a heavy stomach and you don't want to take a chance of you know uh blown up in the ring and even and so you know you, you try to eat early and uh i don't know that was you know again it was cash as cash can if i was home it would be different you know I, I can't even remember then what i would what what i would do but uh um <laughs> i ate a lot of i ate a lot of burgers i ate a lot of chicken you know i ate a lot of you know, I uh, you know, that, that uh, truck stop food. I mean, I, and I actually grew up on some of that. My grandmother owned a truck stop.
0: Oh, wow! Wow! <laughs> In Arizona. All right, so that was familiar.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, like my one of my first jobs was I was a busboy.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Yeah, sure. Busting them dishes, man.
0: Well, there you have it. You don't necessarily need to be eating nothing but chicken and turkey and all that stuff to uh to be a pro wrestler. As long as you can get to the gym and uh, you know how to work. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah, and, and of course you know, and and you know the one thing that I would credit Ultimate Warrior for is, and because that was a big part of who he was, his body, his physique. You know, and he he did have a tremendous physique, and he was very dedicated, obviously to the gym and probably what he ate. You would have to be to maintain that kind of physique, especially if you're now a wrestler and you're traveling like we traveled. So that wasn't easy for him to do. And So I give him credit for that.
0: Draybell is up next, and they ask, what are your thoughts and memories on the late, great Yokozuna? What did you think of him as a wrestling talent and as a person?
1: Well, Yokozuna uh, was a very, very likable guy he you know he was you know, a very likeable guy i had you know i don't think anybody i can't think anybody that had you know any huge issue with with yoko's just a good very very good guy and you know again for his size he got around that ring pretty good yes i mean you know it's kind of like that was what was i what's what it, what impressed me was for his size, you know, his mobility was—I would say—much better than any any person, any other person I had ever seen that was as big as him. You know, he had really, you know, I mean, he was really strong. I mean, he was obviously big and heavy, and you know, but a yokozuna. And was kind of like, uh, it's like, well, I mean, I I, I compare that to like uh, sumo wrestlers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, sumo wrestlers. You know, they. they They train them from birth, almost. I mean, from very young age, and you know they get that they get real big. But you, I tell you what, uh, if you ever, uh, if you, uh, you could probably make you could make football players out of out of uh, sumo wrestlers real easy because you want to. You know, when they go, when they say go, and they start pushing each other, it's it's unreal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good guy like it very much.
0: Did you know that John Tenta was a sumo wrestler before he got into pro wrestling? Yes,
1: I did. Yeah.
0: Pretty impressive guy. Yeah, yeah, he was. Okay, guys, let's take a quick break to talk about taking care of some serious business. And I'm talking about taking care of business in the bedroom. And if you're trying to take care of business, you need to try Blue Chew. Guys, let's just take a minute to talk about sex. You remember back in the day when you were always ready to go? Well... With a little help from Blue Chew, you can get that thing so hard you could take it hunting. It's gonna help increase your performance and regain that old confidence in bed. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready when the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And you wanna know the best part? It's all done online. No awkward visits to the doctor's office, no weird conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy anymore. Luchu's tablets are made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. But of course, there'll be nothing discreet about your package. Look, guys, I ordinarily like to try things before I make any kind of a commitment, you know, because you want to find out, is this actually going to work? Will it work for me? Well, that's that's got to be the best part of this whole thing. With our deal, you can try it for a month for free. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. This whole time, you and your partner may have been having the best sex of your whole life and been missing out on it without even knowing. So why not just give Bluetooth a shot? Just find out. You know, when you can get it for a month for free with only $5 shipping, it's silly not to just give it a try. Women are attracted to confidence and Blue Chew can help to give you confidence where it counts the very most. Don't wait any longer. Let's chew it and do it. Take advantage of our special deal. Again, you can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code EGAP at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code EGAP, and receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Um, and so Jake tells a story about being backstage and, uh, he and Haku decided to try each other in a friendly way, uh, in like a sumo style, uh, wrestling match in the locker room. Any chance you were present for that?
1: I missed it. I wish I'd have been there. What'd Jake say about it?
0: <laughs> Jake said, uh, everybody got the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah. Well, and, and again, I, I just, I'll go this far. Haku. Um, was one of the nicest guys I ever met. He is, and he still is. I mean, he's, he is he's still around. And when he first came, when, you know, he, he came from the island of Tonga, and he went to Japan, and Japan sent him to the United States. So the first place he started wrestling, because the Funks booked most of the American wrestlers for all Japan pro wrestling, he came to Amro, and I was there and so you know i i've known him for for a very very long time now he wasn't as big as he got to be you know and i and i remember this too i remember like you know you know you go your separate ways and uh, but but you know friendly uh you know and thank thank goodness thank goodness that haku is the nicest guy as he is cuz if he wanted to be a bully i mean if there was ever a guy that could be in a room all by himself just because he wanted to be it would be him he was one of the, he was one of the toughest son of a guns going you know and i never i would never witness this witnessed it but i I've, I've heard some stories about some skirmishes he was in you know uh and and being outnumbered but it didn't matter <laughs>
0: yeah i've heard stories like people losing body parts when they get into a fight with haku like you your nose off or pull your eye out it's like yeah maybe not a guy to mess with
1: yeah not a guy to mess with
0: um teflon man 23 asks i think you had the greatest mic skills as a heel ever between you rick rude and honky tonk man do you have a personal favorite between rude and honky tonk man
1: oh gosh you know not really. I mean, uh, both of those guys, I mean, uh, I thought Rick was, uh, was very good. And I mean, um, and honky tonk man, you know, I mean, based on again, this, the, the, the gimmick, you know, the honky tonk man, you know, uh, you know, you know, he took that and you know, like, it was like, I remember thinking, gosh, you know, if I'd been wrestling and, and if I'd have gone to Vince and, and, and he'd have said, "No, I'm going to make you the honky tonk man," I wouldn't have been very happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I think he, I think he did a tr- tremendous job. Yeah, I mean they, they played their, uh, they played their parts very well.
0: So even with you being a massive Elvis fan, you wouldn't have uh, been interested in the honky tonk man character.
1: No, I don't think I could go there. No.
0: You got that great head of hair. I'm picturing you with like a long sideburns. <laughs> I think it's going to work.
1: <laughs> well, here, here's the really funny thing is that my biological father was a professional singer. Oh, perfect. His name was Ted Wills. And uh, he was a regular on the old Tennessee Ernie Ford show, which none of the fans will probably re- even remember. But, uh, But he had this tremendous, beautiful, deep bass voice. And you know what? I have a deep bass voice, but I couldn't carry a tune if it had <laughs> handles on it. A matter of fact, my wife, Melanie, gets mad at me in church because we're singing the church hymns, right? And she'll give me an elbow and she goes, Ted. Uh, you're tone deaf, and your voice carries. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> well,
0: that was going to be my next question. <clears throat> hey, He's got the honky tonk man look. Can he sing? So, uh, there's our answer.
1: Uh, I couldn't <laughs> sing.
0: Uh, you know, I asked Jake this question um, as we we're recording this. He and I recorded yesterday, as a matter of fact, and uh, somebody wanted to know if if he if he was offered big money in his prime to come up with a new gimmick for himself so vince comes to him and says hey want to change your gimmick you can choose it i'm going to give you a ton of money to be this character but you need a strong character um and he was like yeah i don't know i think i'd be like kind of a charles manson type character and i'm like oh that would that would definitely work for you that i'll ask you the same question uh big money on the, on the line vince is like hey i know the million dollar man thing has been great but i want to change your gimmick um what character would you choose for yourself is there anything that sticks out what i
1: like you know uh, in other words i'm still a heel still a heel or you can be a baby
0: face but just like you know pick a pick a new big compelling over-the-top character for yourself Mm, wow yeah
1: (laughs) jake said charles manson
0: he was like he, he. said he wanted to be called Uncle Charlie, and, and, he'd, have, and he'd have like a table of people, and he'd be like a, uh, like, a, like a like a cult leader. And I'm like, that actually really works for you. But what's funny, Ted, is before he and I had talked about that. Uh, f- that I don't know if you're familiar with the faction, um, the Brood, which was a faction of vampires in the late '90s, and like Edge and Christian were in it, and Gangrel um and i was like i could kind of see you being a vampire too and he's like i would love to play a vampire <laughs> so it's like he's between cult leader and vampire anything
1: stick out for you oh wow well, man uh, you know um wow well,
0: it's a tough one i know because you really got to kind of self-analyze like what would work for me
1: what would work for me you know um Got a deep voice. Take advantage. Of, take advantage of my voice, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe uh, a wolf man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when you got you and Jake both went like supernatural. I like it. <laughs> so like you would transform. Yeah, I, I can picture it. You like climb under the ring, and they have some prosthetics down there for you, and you come out and you're, like, you're a wolf now. <laughs>
1: There <laughs> go. Okay, we just hit a Oh, gosh. You know, um, oh man, I don't know. That's. <clears throat> I never gave that. Hmm. Well, y-
0: you nailed it on the first try. You're a yeah. Wolfman. That's the new gimmick. Um... The wolfman.
1: <laughs> I used to love those movies when um, I was a little kid. Like Lon Chaney Jr.? But, oh, yeah, yeah. oh And he was the best. He was the best Wolfman of all. And he yeah. was the first. And I I tell you what, it was like my parents got to where they wouldn't let me watch the movies because I would like, I remember after watching one of those movies, you know, like the Wolfman, his, you know, his, you know, it's like the top of his head, you know, because of the way the hair was, was just kind of like, well, kind of like this, but, you know, bushier, right? Yeah. So I I remember as a kid, I'm, I'm being put to bed. I'm going to bed, and I, I got a nightlight. Well, the reflection of the night the nightlight in my room on the headboard it made a shadow on the ceiling that looked like that the wolf you know, man's head. Like, yeah, like just the top of the wolf man's head. <laughs> 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 It's, you know, I you know. I, as you're a little kid like that, you know. Oh my gosh, he's at the foot of my bed. He's going to get me. <laughs> so your parents. And, and okay. So yeah, I go run. I go run into my mom and my dad. And she, they go, "That's it. No more scary movies for you, pal." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a perfect tie-in for your new character. We're gonna. I'm gonna make some calls and see if I can get you booked on the Indies as the Wolf Man. <laughs> All right. Up next, we've got Calvin, who asks, "Who had the best working punch? Anybody stick out for you?"
1: Me, you, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I've had a lot of a lot of guys have uh, just other guys in the business have said have said that to me. You know, you throw a real good working punch, and I would say I copied guys like. Dick Murdoch, mm. Terry Funk, uh, you know those guys. But that was one of those things that I I would practice. I would stand in front of a, a wall, and I I would you know put my fist on the on the wall, and you know so I'm I'm this far away, I'm arms length away from the wall, and then I would practice 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 by you know throwing the punch, and just barely hitting the wall.
0: Did you ever uh, really crack the wall and hurt your hand?
1: Uh, No, I didn't. All right. What a pro. So, yeah, I was – I don't know. But I appreciate – yeah. Yeah.
0: I've, I've heard your name come up in that conversation a lot too. You, Terry Funk, Jake, uh, and actually Jake said, I, I have the best working punch, too. <laughs> so, so he uh, he feels the same way. Um, now, what about uh, the stiffest working punch, Ted? Who who would hit you with it? And you'd be like, oh, boy, this guy brings it every time.
1: Well, nobody, nobody ever hit me with a, a working punch real hard. I mean, I'm not trying to think. Well, if anybody did, they only did it once <laughs> because in the business, there's a thing called the receipt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you screw up like that, then expect the receipt. And, uh, you know, I can't remember, uh, I-
0: now there were a couple of older guys in the business. Uh two names stand out for me uh that were like notoriously rough. They're not they don't mean anything by it. It's just how they wrestle. One is Stan Hansen and one is Wahoo McDaniel. Um now I know that you've been in the ring with Stan Hansen when Stan would hit you he I know that he would bring it, right?
1: Well yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean not in a not in a um, Okay, it would be yeah, I was Stan's tag team partner. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like <laughs> sometimes, like uh, you know, it's like uh, if Stan was—he uh, was stiff, but I mean, you know, in Japan, I think that was just part of the way they worked there. Okay. They were a little snugger than than most, you know, and like, you know, throwing chops, especially throwing chops and stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Now, when, when you came into Japan, were you aware that that was going to happen? Or when you first come over there, is it like, did you think these guys were taking some liberties with you?
1: Uh, well, no, I didn't. I, I never thought that. I mean, I just, I, you know, just i was just told they said we we work. they work snug and so i'm okay with snug you know i mean as long as you're not you know not as long as you're not hitting me hard enough that you're gonna you know give me a black eye or something like that yeah Uh, you know but just snug is snug and that's snug is fine with me some guys don't like snug you know i just i just don't you know like just barely want to feel you (laughs) (laughs) yeah well if you want that, go find a broad.
0: That's it. Snug looks good on camera, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so, yeah, just don't hit me in the mouth or the nose. Um, well, so we I brought up Wahoo McDaniel there. That's probably not a name we're going to get to talk about a lot here. Did you ever get to work with
1: Wahoo? I never got to work with Wahoo. I, I I saw him work. I met him, thought he was a great guy. But I never had the opportunity to get in the ring with him. Yeah.
0: How about that, You know, it's, I always just assume that everybody from that era you would cross paths with at some point and probably stepped into the ring with, but that's when you just missed.
1: And, you know, I, I saw Wahoo. I mean, I remember, I think I, uh, there was one day I came over to Murdoch's house and Wahoo was sitting on the couch <laughs> and he was, he was there for, uh, I don't know who he was working with, but you know, I, I met him, liked him. You know, I don't I don't think anybody could uh, say anything bad about Wahoo. But I mean, it's like everybody knew if you work with him, he's snug.
0: Yeah, unanimously liked, but also pretty much, as you just said, everybody who's worked with him over the years says, like, love the guy. But yeah. boy did he did he bring it on those chops?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Walt Temmer is up next. Uh, what TV shows are you watching? Any recommendations?
1: <laughs> what TV shows? Oh gosh, TV shows, TV shows. Um, well, I, what I, you know, I watch a lot of movies. Um, you know, I don't get into the sitcoms too much. Uh, I would, I just, uh, the daytime, you know, like, you know, that daytime television, like the, you know, general hospital, all that. Yeah. That, you know, that could, that couldn't interest, interest me at all. I, you know, I have, I, I enjoy like, um, Oh gosh, what is it? Uh, America's got talent.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I like to watch that. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. That's not like that, but similar in some ways. Um, like the uh-oh. voice, the voice. Yeah. I like watching The Voice. I really like The Voice uh, because they, you know, and The Voice has produced some real big, you know, they've produced some people that through that show, that came through that show have gone on to have enormous careers, which yeah. is pretty, pretty cool. But yeah, it's, it's stuff <laughs> like that. That's, you know, but for me, uh, you know, I, I'm a movie guy. I and I, you know, like, you know, my wife, she says, Ted, she goes, um, if you would, uh, if you want to watch a movie, you, you go watch your war movies while I'm gone so we can watch something else when I'm <laughs> here. I like war movies, I like shoot 'em ups, you know. No, so.
0: Any in particular stick out as like a personal favorite? Oh, gosh. Uh, man. Like a Saving Private well, Ryan or some of the older okay,
1: ones? Okay, like, um, and I this was just recently on TV, and I remember seeing it as a, as a young boy, The Alamo. Oh, great one. Yeah, with John Wayne. And it's the first time, you know, and I was a little kid, and it's the first time I ever saw John Wayne get killed. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get killed in any other movie and he got killed in the Alamo uh so that you know that was one of them um oh gosh uh, uh Pearl Harbor okay. uh, you know the, the, the you know the real story of Pearl Harbor uh that that's you know that one intrigued me you know the ones that are are, are pretty much like world you know uh um, Oh, my gosh.
0: Saving Private Ryan.
1: Yes. That was a very good movie. A very, very, very good movie. Yeah. There was a movie on... um, Top Gun. Ah, yeah. Top Gun was one of my favorite movies. And the sequel to Top Gun was... You know, in my opinion just as good if not better wow you know and i think they're talking about making another one <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen the sequel
0: but i love the first one
1: yeah you haven't seen the sequel
0: i have not seen it yet. oh uh, you gotta see it man i'm gonna have to check it out i like yeah. i like uh old movies uh like with john wayne and stuff too i love rio bravo yeah john wayne and dean martin um, I actually met Angie Dickinson at one point and I was like, Hey, I loved you in Rio Bravo. She was like, you know, she's like, how old are you? You know, Rio Bravo. <laughs> I'm like, I oh, loved it. Yeah. Said,
1: yeah, says, well, let me tell you pilgrim John Wayne. <laughs> That's a great
0: impression. <laughs> You're a man of many impressions. I'm coming to learn.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the road. The American dream. Twisted feel and the appeal. I'm funky like a monkey. If you will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your best impression is it dusty
1: uh yeah probably uh, i love i love the dream man
0: well guys the new year is here and if you're like me your resolution might not just be to shake off a couple extra pounds but it might also be to become a little less busy in my world like many others time is at an all-time premium between work and parenting maintaining a house and preparing meals Making a delicious home cooked meal takes up a lot of time and I'm not about to go and spend a bunch of money on takeout or unhealthy fast food. That is where Factor comes in. Factor's ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. Worried about variety or a dietary restriction? Factor's got you covered with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. That is a lot of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Seriously guys, Factors 2-minute meals are like a secret weapon for your new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant quality meals, all delivered right to your door. Think about it this is an opportunity for you to reclaim all that lost time that would have otherwise been spent on shopping and prepping and cooking and cleaning factor has absolutely everything you need for a week of flavorful nutritious eats in addition to ready to eat meals they have cold pressed juices smoothies energy bites extra protein veggie sides and more to keep you energized during these frantic times if you love snacking factor also has options to suit those needs like breakfast smoothies juices snacks and more also, you don't have to lock yourself in. Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. It's time, guys. Meet, achieve, and crush your goals this new year with healthy meals and a lot of added time. Head to factormeals.com EGAP50 and use our code EGAP50 to get 50% off. That is an unbeatable deal on something that's going to save you time and money. Again, it's code EGAP50 at factormeals.com EGAP50 to get 50% off today. Give it a try, guys. I know you're going to love it just like I do. Um, next up we've got, well, actually it's my brother, Dominic, uh, wanted to ask one. He asks, where would Ted have liked to progress the million dollar man identity if he had creative control? So that's kind of a, a wide range question. I'll narrow it down a little bit. Ted, if the million dollar man would have been in the WWF during the attitude era, with like Steve Austin running around on the rock and triple H, uh, do you think he would have fit in during that time? Um,
1: The attitude era. Well, yeah, but he would, uh, and, and, and as opposed to the, <laughs> he, I, I think he would have had to have been a much more, you know, like like the evil businessman. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I, I, I got I got a deal for you, pal. You know, and then <laughs> shove it to him. You know.
0: Yeah. I can almost see the million dollar man in like a commissioner role or something during that period of time where he's just like crooked, like willing to take payoffs and stuff. I think that could have worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Steve DeBoer, I guess is how you say it. What was it like having Chuck Norris be part of the casket match between Undertaker and Yokozuna at Survivor Series? Did you get any interaction with Chuck?
1: Uh, well, I, you know, I met him, you know, and, uh, and, and had a t- uh, an opportunity to chat with him a little bit. I mean, uh, again, uh, like us, uh, brother, he shares the same faith and a very strong believer. Mm. And so that was, that was interesting to find out.
0: Wow. How about that? I didn't know that he was a, a man of, of faith. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really cool. Yep. Um, yeah, You know, Jim Duggan recently shared a photo on his social media of him with Muhammad Ali back in 1985 with Mid-South Wrestling. Uh, Were you there that night at the Superdome?
1: I think I was. It was
0: the night that he punched Jake, if that rings a bell for you, Muhammad did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, I want to say I saw him somewhere else, too.
0: I know that he was, like, around WCW on a a few occasions, uh, but I don't know if he would have been around during the period that you were there.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: But you've definitely met Muhammad Ali at some point?
1: Yes, and I, I even think I have an autograph, but I can't remember where it is.
0: That's a great one to have, though. Greatest boxer of all
1: time oh yeah um dang that's gonna bug me now Marcus I'm gonna have to dig that thing up if, if, anyway I didn't you know I, I wasn't like an autograph collector but you know the, the, the few that I have are pretty pretty cool
0: what other autographs do you have
1: or like you know hold close I I have a um, I have a baseball signed by Mickey Mantle. Whoa. Yeah.
0: That is a great one.
1: Yeah. Wow. I was at a, I was at a, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, you, you know who Walter Payton is. Yeah. Well, Walter Payton and his brother <laughs> and I, you know, when we've been on hunting trips together because they live here and, um, You know, and Walter's brother, Eddie Payton, also played pro football. I think he was a a kickoff return guy. And I want to say for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not sure. You know, but um, Eddie Payton played golf. Eddie Payton was the golf coach at Jackson State University. And uh, he said, man, you need to start playing golf. So he gave me a few lessons and then... He got me he got me to this uh you know a celebrity golf tournament. And I I actually played in a few of them because you know it's it's the all the all the proceeds go to some charity. Yeah. Anyway, at, at at one of these uh golf tournaments, Mickey Mantle was there and uh, you know, and somebody threw me a ball and I was sitting there and said, Mick, would you mind signing this for me? And he signed it. How about that? Yeah, yeah. that's a that's one
0: to hang on to. Well, pretty cool. Uh, the, I mean, Mickey Mantle, and Muhammad Ali, arguably the two best in their sports ever. So, yeah. man, that's autographed. <laughs> um, all right, Ted, we'll do two more, and then I'll let you go, brother. Uh, Wesley Moore asks, which wrestlers from your era were a hard day at the office, and which were like a day off. So anybody you like just absolutely dreaded having to step into the ring with like, oh, this guy's going to be brutal.
1: Uh, <clears throat> well, so let's go. The, the day off guys would be like, you know, um, especially guys who helped shape my career. Terry Funk, Dory Funk Jr. Uh, um, um I would say Stan, but Stan, Stan was not so much. Stan was more my partner than than uh, than somebody who influenced my style or anything like that. Um, uh, oh my gosh, um, the Funks in a huge way uh, made a difference. Dick Murdoch, again, th- th- these are guys that were the generation more or less just ahead of me that helped shape my career. Uh, like I said, uh, Dick Murdoch, a guy killer, Carl Cox, you mm-hmm. killer Carl Cox in my estimation. And I'm, I think it was one of the greatest deals of all time. Wow. Uh, I mean, he could do it all. He, he could do it all. Uh, and, um, uh, he and Murdoch had one of the greatest feuds, uh, that I've ever witnessed in terms of, and he they did it while they were working for bill watts in mid south (laughs) uh that was that they were just great
0: um so when you say that these guys were like a day off is it is it because they're like you know they're they're kind of managing the match well
1: like a day off means i don't have to i don't i don't i don't have to uh i don't have to worry about anything you know it's like and it's not so much uh it's kind of like when well if I were, if I wrestled Jake, that, that'd that be a day off because, uh, we, we go, both come from the same side, you know, the same, what do you call it? Mentality. Mentality of the, the same, we, we both believe in the same psychology of wrestling mm. and, and how it is and how it works. And so for us to work together is, I mean, it's, sometimes it's like, uh, Sometimes it's you know obviously there there is some communication between us in in, in the match, you know he'd call him he'd call spotter I'd call spot, and there's sometimes it would just be body, body you know, kind of like, kind of like uh, for example just a, a simple one, if 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 he were to hit me with a shot and I turned around and, and grabbed my jaw and started walking towards you know stumbling towards the quarter, the corner, well then. Jake would just come up behind me and grab my hair and run my hair, my head into the turnbuckle, and with that, a lot of times I would then turn around, and you know, open up. You know, I'm still selling, but I'm, I'm, now I'm now I'm leaning with my back in the corner. Mm. There, there's an opportunity for him to gut punch me, to chop me, whatever, turnbuckle me. But a lot of that—that's I mean, that's an easy night. Now, a hard night would be wrestling somebody. You have to hold their hand the whole match, and 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 I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, like that. You know, there—I'm sure there've been several, but it's kind of like. Uh, um, <clears throat> Well, the ultimate the warrior, <laughs> you know, um, here's a guy who was making the big money and he was totally dependent on, who, on whoever was in the ring with him to call the match. Cause he could.
0: not so. And so when you're out in the ring with a guy like that, you're, you're probably literally grabbing him and pulling him where you want him to be at times.
1: Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's tough.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Um, it's a recently a uh, video of you surfaced on Twitter where you and actually uh, Bryant Haremza uh, is the guy who shared it with me. He uh, it's you in this video uh, wrestling a young Shawn Michaels while you're in Mid-South uh, when Shawn Michaels was an enhancement talent. And uh, so it makes me wonder, Ted, even that early on, a young Shawn Michaels, were you like, boy, this kid can go? Or what was it like working with him at that age?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, he was obviously, he was real young. I mean, he was like brand new, you know, (laughs) and it was kind of like he was, you know, like um, very quiet in the dressing room. (laughs) That all changed. Uh, But, you know, Sean. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like you got it or you don't. You know, you you can see it and you can see it in him. It's kind of like, OK, you're you're a rookie now, but you're going to you're going to go places.
0: Well, we're going places here on the show, Ted. We uh, another really fun episode of Ask Ted. Anything is in the books, and by the way, we got through maybe I don't know a quarter of the questions here, uh, so we're gonna roll <laughs> them over to the next episode. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, you and I yep. want to BS in a little bit, but that was that was awesome. What a fun episode and a cool way to kind of pick your brain here once a month. Yeah. When you ask anything. Yeah. um so come back next week ted and i are gonna continue the story of his time in georgia 40 years ago in 1984 and his red hot feud with tommy rich as mr r now before we let you guys go we want to remind you please do not forget to vote for us as the best wrestling podcast of 2024 through the sports podcast awards it only takes a couple of minutes and it would mean the world to ted and i if we could win this honor uh, you can find the link to vote on my X account at Marcus P. Angelo on Ted's social media at MDM Ted DiBiase, or probably the easiest route is just go to sportspodcastgroup.com and cast your vote right now. Ted, another great episode in the books. I always look forward to chatting with you every week, my friend.
1: I love it. you know, and one more thing that I want everybody to please, please, please remember everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs>
0: We'll catch you guys next time right here on Everybody's Got a Pod.